Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like for us to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we are going to be looking at another practical action step that Paul is calling the church in Colossae to follow as we continue to work through this letter that he wrote. Well, if you've been tracking with us, we have been working through the practical section of this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. We've heard his challenge to seek things that are above, to keep our mind on God's kingdom, not on what's happening in the earth around us. We've heard this challenge to put to death the old way and to put on the new way, to be those who are living as the new creation in the midst of the old. That's ultimately manifested in Christ dwelling in us through love and harmony. Today, we are going to hear another action step that Paul is encouraging this church in Colossae to live in and you and I today. I hope something that you hear today will encourage you to dive deeper into not only your relationship with Jesus, but your relationship with his word, that is the Bible. So let me pray and then we're going to go into today's message. Father. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love, your intentionality, your faithfulness, your holiness. Father, right now we just fix our eyes on you. We desire to know you more. We desire to grow in our relationship with you. And we desire for that to show in the way that we live our life. Thank you for inspiring and influencing and, and dictating the words of Paul in this letter that exactly describe these things and how we can actually do this. You don't leave us empty-handed. You actually provide a way for us to live. And you've given us that way through Scripture. So, Father, we ask today that you would speak to us through this word. Lord, I don't have the gifting and the ability to do this on my own. It is only through your Holy Spirit. So, Father, I invite your Holy Spirit to enter me and to enter those who are listening to this right now. Oh, Father, we need you. We don't need our ideas. We don't need our strategies. We don't need a word from Josiah. We need a word from you, from your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we want to hear from you. God, I want to hear from you. So, Lord, speak through the words of Paul. Use this message, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So, we're reading Colossians chapter 3, and we're in verse 16. And we're going to go to 17. And as always, this is the English Standard Version. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Now, the word of Christ that Paul is referring to, I, I personally hear this in a twofold manner. So for most of the early church, like this church in Colossae, they didn't have access to the Gospels in written form and therefore would have been hearing the teachings and stories of Jesus from men and women who were placed in authority to teach the words and the ways of Christ. Now, the really cool thing about the early church is that especially during this time, many of these men and women would have actually had encounters with Jesus 
in physical form, which is just amazing to think that you're hearing from people who, who are not only theorizing about Jesus, but are actually describing stories that they had. They were in the crowd, so to speak, for some of them. Not all of them, of course, but some of them would have been. So in one sense, when Paul says, let the words of Christ dwell in you, he would be referring to the stories that were being told by the early church leaders about Jesus and the ways that he taught and the things that he did. So he's saying, let this dwell within you. Let those words of Christ dwell in you. And then in another very real sense, this church would have had access to synagogues, which means that they would have had access to the Old Testament, to what you and I would call the Old Testament. And for many of these Christians in the church in Colossae, they would have been Jewish. And so for the Jews, they grew up eating the word. They grew up eating the Old Testament scriptures. They grew up eating the Torah, so to speak, meaning they just knew the story inside out. They knew of the covenant, the things that we've talked about in maybe, oh, I don't even know how long ago now, but the creation story and the fall and, and the covenant story. They, they knew of these stories. It was so embedded in them. And so when Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you, he's not just referring to the words of the gospels. He's referring to all of scripture. So we hear a new action step from Paul, and that is that the word of Christ would dwell in us. This idea of dwell is more than just a dwelling in us individually, but it was meant in, it, it could be understood as him saying, let the word of Christ, let the gospel, let the Bible not only be heard in your midst, but let it be the thing that guides and directs your steps. Let it help you. Let it be a thing that allows you to grow and to know and to show Christ more. Some of us listening to this podcast today are desiring to have an encounter with God. I've got good news for you. The word actually says in James, it says that if you want to draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. You see, the Father desires for us to know him. All, a lot of the times, the way for us to have encounters is actually to just ask for them, to ask the Father to reveal himself. Now, when we ask the Father to reveal himself, he is not a genie in a bottle. And so it is not like we get to say, hey, God, show yourself in this way specifically. But if you don't, then you're not real or you don't love me or vice or we don't give him an ultimatum. That's not how this works. No, when we say, Father, we want to encounter you, it's on his terms, not ours. We are his kids. We are not the authority in the relationship. And so some of us may ask the Father to encounter us, to, to have an encounter, and then we have that encounter, but we miss it because we're looking for it in a specific way. And so when we ask this question, Father, we want to encounter you, we have to be open to that encounter. We have to be looking for it. And it's most likely not going to come in the way that you expect. Now, for some of us listening to this, we've had encounters with God. We've been walking with Jesus for a while now. Paul is telling us the scriptures are to be our guide through navigating the words from God. You see, the scriptures are the word of God, but it is also being told by men and women who encountered him. So the words of God have been written by, by humans who've encountered him. What does that actually mean? Well, let's, let's just go through a little bit of a scenario here. If you've ever been called out by God to go somewhere, but he didn't give you the location. 
Abraham is sitting and watching and saying, Welcome to the family. Have you been called to a position of authority that you feel so unworthy and unqualified to have? The disciples and David are sitting and watching, saying, Welcome to the family. Have you ever been called to fight against a specific systematic injustice? Nehemiah is sitting on the edge of his seat and watching, saying, Welcome to the family. Have you ever encountered something and thought, Was that God? How do I know it was Him? Well, the whole Bible and the people that are written in the story are sitting at the edge of their seat and watching and saying, Welcome to this family. Eat this book. You see, we are to have the scriptures dwell in us. We are to know it inside and out. Please do not forget, I know it's been a long time since we've talked about this, but this letter of Colossians was written to the everyday follower of Jesus. This is not for leaders. This is not for the super elite Christians. There's no such thing, by the way. This is for the everyday follower of Jesus, for you and for me. So if you're listening to this and you're following Jesus and you're not having the words of Christ dwell in you, you're not consuming the words of the Gospels, the words of Scripture, then there is an invitation for you to repent of that and to change your ways. You might be listening to this and you're desiring to grow deeper with God and you're confused on why it just feels like he's been, he has stopped speaking to you. Well, maybe it's time for you to dive into his word to dive into scripture. Before we continue, I want to address one thing that I've noticed that has become more and more popular within Christian culture, at least in our Christian culture in Canada. And that is this phrase, it's called red letter Christians. If you don't know what that phrase is referring to, basically, it's a phrase that people will use to say, I don't follow scriptures, I just follow the words that Jesus spoke. You see, in some Bible translations, they, they have highlighted Jesus' words in red in the Gospels. And so what people have said is, I don't follow the New Testament or the Old Testament. I just follow strictly the red letters. That is the words that Jesus actually spoken. The challenge is with this is that if you read the Gospels of John, in the opening chapter, he says the word became flesh and that Christ was the word. There's no way of understanding that passage. Doesn't matter how much Greek you know or how much history you know. In fact, the more Greek you know and the more history you know, it actually just points to what it sounds like is what it is, which is that Paul is saying that all of Scripture is Christ. That the Old Testament story all points to Jesus Christ. And so to say I'm a red-letter Christian it literally makes absolutely no sense because Jesus himself wasn't following that way. Jesus himself was a Jew following the Old Testament. And I think, and I have empathy for people who say that because I think sometimes maybe we say that because we find the Bible confusing. And I'm not here to say that I don't either. I do. There's some wild stories in there. You know, the other day I just read a story that was uh, Elisha, who was the prodigy of Elijah, and essentially he asked for a double portion, which by the way, who knows what that means. And basically, Elisha goes out and these guys call him bald. And then these kids call him bald. And then basically it says that these bears came out of the forest and ate these kids. 
And I'm like reading this, like, what on earth is going on? And of course, like, I'm sure there's some historical context to that. And if you Google it, I'm sure you can find information on maybe the parallels or something. But still, just at face value, it's like, what is going on? And so I am not saying that I understand everything that's in this book. I certainly do not. I am on this journey of wrestling with this book. And that actually leads me to this next part that Paul says. You see, he says, let the words of Christ dwell in you, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom. You see, we are not meant to have the words of Christ dwell in us simply individually. We are meant to consume it in the context of the family of believers. We are to teach one another the things that we're hearing the Father say to us. We are to teach one another the things that we are learning and growing and seeing through scriptures. And we are to do this in wisdom and in love. We need one another. We are not meant to read this book in isolation. We are meant to read it together. We are meant to ask questions together, to wrestle together. If you've been following with us through this journey in Colossians, you'll realize we're on like episode 17 of a four-chapter letter. Now, some of you might be like, why are we still talking about Colossians? And guess what? We're getting close to the end. I think we got about three more in, potentially three. It could be more. I'm not sure. But the reason why is because we're meant to have the words of Christ dwell in us. We're not just supposed to hear it and then let it go. We're supposed to actually dive deep into the words. And I hope in some way this, these episodes have helped you dive deep into the letter of Colossians. You know, my mentor, he was a New Testament professor. He said to me, he, he always asked this question. He said, if you only had one book of the Bible, would it be enough? Specifically, he was talking about the Gospel of Mark, but I was talking to him about this series that I'm doing right now in Colossians. And he said the exact same phrase to me. He said, if you only had the letter of Colossians, would you have what you need to follow Jesus? And I hope that you've been able to see that there's so much in this small letter that Paul wrote. It is so powerful to understand the power of knowing who we are, knowing who he is, and letting that grow in us, and letting that show in the way that we love one another, in the way that we love those around us. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to read this next part to you. He says, so he says, let the words of Christ dwell in you, right? Let the words of the gospel, let the words of scripture dwell in you, not in the context of being alone, but in the context of other, teaching one another, admonishing other other, admonishing one another. And then he says this phrase, he says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. You see, as the word of Christ dwells in us, as we dive deeper into the story, as we dive deeper into the text, we discover who the Father is. And in this discovery, there's, there's only two responses. We flee or we fall to our knees in worship. He says thankfulness comes up into our hearts because what happens is we start seeing the things that he has done for us, the things that he's calling us into, the ways that he's transformed us. This is as individuals, but this is also as the bride, as, the, as his body. Hope rises up when we let the word of Christ dwell in us. Love bubbles to the surface in everything we do and everything we are. You see, that's actually how he finishes this letter. He says, and whatever you do in word or deed, 
Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through Him. You see, as the Word of Christ dwells in us, as we, as we dive deep into the story with one another, we become thankful, we worship Him, we sing praises, and then it begins to manifest in our life. In what areas, you might ask? Paul is going to say every area. Every area. You are not working for some company or employee. You're not self-employed. You are not parenting simply for your children's sake. Whatever you do, everything matters to him. The Father desires to reveal himself through everything you do and say. The words we speak and the actions we take matter to God. We have an opportunity to worship Him in everything that we do. Is it through songs? Absolutely, we just said that. Is it through reading the Word? Absolutely, we just said that. But it is also through everything we do. It's through sweeping the floors for your spouse. It's through going for walks in your neighborhood. Everything that we do. Everything we do. It's interesting that Paul uses this word, word and deed. It's a phrase that is up until now used in to describe the ministry of Jesus himself. You see, through word and deed, he brought forth the kingdom. And now here, Paul is using that same phrase to invite you and I into the story. You see, we dwell in the story. We dwell in the words of Christ. And then we discover that we ourselves have a part to play in it. The Father invites us to co-labor with Him through the power of the Holy Spirit, through what the Son has done for us. In closing today, would we be followers of Jesus that are guided through the text, that are guided through the story? Would we not just read the Bible for reading the Bible? Would we read it to to have a desire to dive deeper in our understanding of who the Son is, who the Father is, who the Spirit is, and who they say we are? Would we not do this alone, but would we do this in the context of family? And as we do this, would we sing praises and worship our Father in heaven, who is so worthy to be praised. He is so worthy of all of our worship, of all of our lives. Would that manifest in everything that we do, in everything that we say? You see, this knowing and growing and showing is it really an invitation to say that the Father desires to intimately know you in every way. You matter to Him so much. He loves you so much. He doesn't just want to transform one area of your life. He wants to transform all of the areas of your life. This is definitely a side point, but that is what the role of surrendering is. You see, Jesus will ask us to surrender the things that we hold closest to our heart because the things that we hold closest to our hearts are the very things that enslave us when we don't have it in the proper order, when we don't have Him first. And so when He asks us to surrender something, and this asking usually comes through reading of the word and being in the context of family. It's because he wants us to live free and he sees the bondage even if we don't even recognize it. 
A fish doesn't realize it's in water. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for your word that is true. We thank you for the words of Christ. Jesus, we don't pretend that we understand it all. We don't. We are on a journey with you. So, Lord, I ask that you would continue to give us wisdom. You continue to speak to us clearly. God, we need you. We love you. We want to grow in you. Father, you deserve all the praise, all the adoration. Lord, whatever it is that we do today, whether we're about to go to bed or whether we're about to start our day, go to work or watch the kids or take the kids to soccer, whatever it may be, Father, we don't just do it for ourselves. We do it for you. Lord, would our lives be worshiped towards you in everything that we do. Thank you for the privilege it is to get to know you and to grow in you and to let that show in the way that we live. Father, it's been a privilege and we just thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope something in it has encouraged you. If you're looking for more resources or you're wanting to stay up to date with this podcast, then I'd encourage you to follow our Instagram page, which is at the JMP cast. And that's on Instagram. Every week we're posting a book, a song, and, and then we're also letting you know about an episode. But overall, and more importantly, I hope that in some way, this episode and the episodes that have previously been recorded are somehow helping you grow in your understanding of who you are in Christ and that you're hearing this invitation to participate in the Father's kingdom. I hope you have a great day and that you live it for Him. Amen. Amen.